In the name of the one who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. Amen. Please sit. Pam texted me this morning and told me that what we really needed to hear about this morning was Noah <laughs> and the ark. And I'm afraid that's not in the text for today, so I can't really do that, but I do agree. There is a rain connection, though, that we heard at the beginning of the passage from Isaiah. And Isaiah's passage, of course, links up with the gospel, this image of rain falling down from heaven and not returning again until it has watered the earth and given life, seed for sowing and bread for eating. It's actually a canticle that we say and sing at morning prayer, so it it trips off the tongue the way that it's written in the prayer book. And Isaiah explains, and as we look back as Christians, we read into the text, we understand that so it is with Christ, the word who is sent into the world by God to love the world, to change the world in the person of, the G- of Jesus of Nazareth. Now we have this great gospel this morning that I think every preacher wishes they had every week where Jesus tells us exactly what he means. <laughs> that really doesn't happen very often. It's, it's actually pretty rare. And of course, in typical Jesus fashion, there's more, and we're going to look at that. But it helps that he tells us sort of the basics of what he's trying to say. He tells the crowd this story about the sower and the seed. Usually with a parable, we don't get such instant gratification about what it means. Usually, well, sometimes Jesus will go away with just the disciples, and he'll explain just to them what he was trying to say. But most of the time with the parables, he doesn't explain it at all, so that we're left to interpret it ourselves, so that we're left to try and figure it out. And that is faithfulness, in a sense, is trying to figure out what Jesus means. So we're going to look today, and we're going to dig a little bit deeper based on what he says. So let's look, though, first at the pieces that he gives us, which is really helpful. We have this great image of the sower, who is Jesus, who comes to scatter the word. And as we make our way through this this text this morning, I want you to hold the image of Jesus as the sower in your mind. And I want you to actually try to imagine him as a person, his dark brown skin, his big hat shielding his eyes from the sun, out in the fields. He should look to you a lot like the day laborers at our southern border. He has a bag wrapped around his shoulders and his body, and he's reaching into that bag with his hand, maybe, maybe with some kind of tool, and he's scattering the seed, meaning that he's literally throwing it everywhere. Maybe you've seen that in some I feel like plenty of people have tried to paint this image, right? And you have this sense of constant movement. He's walking around in the field and he's throwing the seed everywhere, hoping that it will take root. Which means that what he's really doing is scattering the word of God everywhere. The word of love, the path to salvation, the path to fulfillment. These seeds that he's scattering are literally the stuff of life. They hold universes within them. There are opportunities within them for hope and joy and peace. Each seed is the chance to know God and to live a life full of God's love. These are the seeds. This is the word 
that Jesus scatters. And he tells us about all the places that the seed lands on the path for the birds to eat. And he said that that is somebody who hears the word, so they encounter Jesus, and the opportunity for life abundant is given to them, but for whatever reason, they can't understand it. They can't take it in. And so Jesus says the evil one comes and snatches the opportunity away. Then there's the rocky terrain where the seeds spring up, but then they are scorched by the afternoon sun because they have no root. And here he says, these are the people who receive the word with joy, so they can take it in, they can receive it, but they aren't actually able to hold it, to keep it, to seize it for themselves and make it their own. They can't give their life, for whatever reason, over to the word, and so they fall away from it and lose it and trade it away the minute something difficult happens. The first time that they're asked to do something hard for their faith, the first sign of trouble. Then there's the seeds that fall among the thorns. And these poor little plants are choked by the thorns that grow up around them. Like people who hear the word, but then choose the cares and concerns of the world instead. As Jesus says, the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word. And it isn't really able to grow and produce fruit. It isn't able to change the world around it. And as Jesus says, it yields nothing. And then finally, there's this seed that falls on the good soil, the seed that grows and brings forth grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. And bear in mind that grain, at this point when Jesus is telling the story, grain is literally the stuff of life. It's not a luxury. It's not a nice crop to have. It's, it is literally the stuff that makes civilization work. It fills bellies. It gives life. And so to produce grain and to produce a lot of it is a good thing. And Jesus says that these are the people who hear the word and understand it and who bear fruit and a lot of it. Now, you might think, what lucky seeds, right? Lucky seeds that land on the good soil and the poor seed that grows everywhere else dies, it chokes, it gets snatched away. How come the rest of the seed has to die? Except this parable is not about the seed. Well, it is, in the sense that the seed is the word, and the word is spread by Jesus, the great sower, who is the incarnate word. It's about the word that is abundant and available and accessible. It's about the word that isn't a secret, it isn't kept hidden, it isn't limited, it isn't bought or sold or given only to some. This peril is about the seed in that it is about the word that is everywhere, in the air and in the soil, on the wind, bouncing off the rock, under your feet, in the places where you can see it and in the places where you can't, the places that are beyond our sight. This parable is only about the seed insofar as it is about the word of God that is so loving and so generous that it is available and accessible to everyone. The stuff of life, the opportunity for fulfillment, the path to abundance, the word of love. The parable is only about the seed insofar as it is about the fact that that love is for all people. But despite Jesus's explanation, this parable is really about the soil, 
It's the soil that determines whether or not the seed grows, whether or not the word takes root and gives life and bears fruit. And guess who's responsible for the soil? Any guesses? That's right, it's you. You are responsible for the soil. You are both the soil physically yourself and you are the caretaker of the soil. And here's how that works. The obvious read of this parable is that the soil is your heart, your life, you, the way that you live and breathe and move in the world, you are the soil. And so whether or not the word takes root as Jesus casts it all over the place, whether or not it lives in you depends on whether or not you choose to let it in, whether or not you choose to be rooted in your faith, whether or not you choose to receive this abundant gift, this word of love, and to let it live in your heart and live in your life and change everything about you. Now, some of this is about whether or not we're ready to receive that gift. For some of us, the work that we need to do before we have the depth of soil is to look in, to dig deep, to move things around inside us and inside our lives and to contend with our story, our history. Some of us need to do the work of being ready to hear the word when it arrives. Some of us need to be willing to make sacrifices for the word, to persevere in holding the word and sharing the word. Now in Jesus' context, he was probably imagining and looking forward, looking ahead, to the time when people would be persecuted for their faith, physically and emotionally and violently. Remember, there are generations of martyrs to come. And so for us, when we talk about persevering in this moment, it looks a bit different, although there are still plenty of places in the world where there are Christian martyrs. For us in this place and this time, that hardship might look more like the challenge of relationship friends or family who don't understand, who disapprove, who disagree with the decisions that we might make because we love Jesus. Some of us need to prioritize the word so that it can take root. And that means trading in the cares of the world, the occupations of the world. It means giving away and managing our wealth and doing that with compassion and generosity. It means not hoarding what we have, but learning how to share it more and more. And in reality, it means that we are willing to trade anything that would become an obstacle to our faith and our root in the good soil so that the thorns don't rise up and choke the good work that God has begun in us. We are responsible for the soil that is our hearts, for the soil that is our lives for our ability to make the fields and to make ourselves ready to hear and receive God's word, which is everywhere, to tend it and water it and to help those seeds bear good fruit, fruit that changes not only our lives, but fruit that changes the lives of the people around us. Hence the grain, grain that gives life literally, not just to the person who is the fruit, or the person who shares it with the community around them. And then there's that last part about the caretakers of the soil. And here, because Jesus sends the disciples out 
And we've heard that in the last several weeks, right? We've heard this progression where Jesus sends them out like sheep among wolves. Several weeks we talked about Jesus sending them out to proclaim the good news that the kingdom has come near to them. And later in the gospel, when we receive the Great Commission, the the sense that the disciples, then apostles, were sent out to share the good news with everyone they met, this sense that we all share in our baptism when we receive the Holy Spirit, the sense that we are part of preparing the world like John did for Jesus. We are sent out to be the caretakers of the soil. And I mean that both literally and spiritually. We are responsible, like in the story of Adam and Eve, for this planet, for creation, for the land beneath our feet, for the creatures who live here. And we are responsible for preparing the soil so that others can hear the word. Which means that we are supposed to be helping create good soil for everyone. And I mean that now, not just physically, but also spiritually. Right? It's not just about making sure that the earth is healthy enough to grow crops. It's about clearing some of the rocks and the thorns and the obstacles so that all people can receive the word. And to do that, we have to pay attention to those obstacles, to those things that creep up and choke us and our neighbors. Things like poverty and hunger and racism and gun violence and isolation and loneliness and hate. We live in a world where the divisions between us seem to get bigger all the time, where too many people are hungry and suffering and where we have created too many obstacles to God's love, where we have separated ourselves too much from each other because of the color of people's skin or how they look or who they love or how they identify or how much money they make, where they came from, what language they speak. Our job as baptized Christians who have received the Holy Spirit is to be the caretakers of this planet, of this soil, to make sure that everyone has what they need so that when the word is tossed their way, they aren't distracted or desperate, but are able to receive the good news and to take it in. Because they aren't living in fear or desperation, but because they actually have enough room on their plate and enough room in their hearts to take in the opportunity of receiving God's love. We are responsible not only for the soil of our own lives, but for the soil that surrounds us. Isaiah tells us this morning that the word is everywhere, like the rain today. And that if we can clothe the world in the word, we will see those beautiful verses at the end of the psalm. The fields will be rich for grazing, and the meadows covered with flocks, and the valleys filled with grain, and all God's people. In fact, the whole earth will shout with joy and sing. And that is our work as baptized Christians, to love our neighbor so much, to respect their dignity so much, to seek and serve Christ so well in this world that we clear the soil of all the obstacles within us and without us. 
of all the things that hurt us and hurt each other, of all the division, so that that tremendous gift that Jesus gives us when he throws the word everywhere is a gift that we receive and find ourselves rooted in, and a gift then that the rest of the world can also receive. Amen.